section thirteen of the seven lively arts this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the seven lively arts by gilbert seldes these two remy de germont has propounded somewhere an interesting theory if life is worth anything per se is the substance of the argument then we do wrong to live it in a series of high moments separated by long hours of dullness we ought to take the amount of energy or ecstasy we possess and spread it as thin as possible relishing each moment for itself each being as good as any other i do not mean that gourmand endorsed this philosophy he disgusted it is of course the logical conclusion of burning always with a hard gem-like flame or if one is to be always anything it is more likely to be calm and languorous and reserved that is the difference between burning and burning up of which pater was aware we have all had these days of halcyon perfection when the precise degree of warmth was a miracle when the aroma of a wine seemed to have the whole fragrance of the earth when one could do anything or nothing and be equally content in the presence of great works of art we experience something similar we are suspended between the sense of release from life the desire to die before the image of the supreme, supremely beautiful and a new-found capacity for living our daily existence gives us no such opportunity we cannot live languorously because we have no leisure and we are compelled to be intense at rare intervals if life isn't to be entirely a hoax and a bore in the preoccupations of daily life a tragic incident or an outburst of temper or a perfectly cut street dress or the dark light before a storm may give us apart from our emotional lives the intensity we require we rather defend ourselves from the impact of great beauty of nobility of high tragedy because we feel ourselves incompetent to master them we preserve our individual lives even if we diminish them the minor arts are to an extent an opiate or rather they trick our hunger for a moment and we are able to sleep they do not wholly satisfy but they do not corrupt and they too have their moments of intensity our experience of perfection is so limited that even when it occurs in a secondary field we hail its coming yet the minor arts are all transient and these moments have no lasting record and their creators are unrewarded even by the tribute of a word a moment comes when everything is exactly right and you have an occurrence it may be something exquisite or something unnameably gross there is in it an ecstasy which sets it apart from everything else 
the scene of the soiree in the pickwick papers has that quality nearly the whole of south wind has it i choose examples as disparate as possible the whole performance of boris by chelyapin the second time he sang it at the metropolitan on his second visit to the united states had precisely the same exaltation and conrad fight as cesar had one comparable moment the breathless second when the drapery seemed to cling to the ravished virgin in the hands of the somnambulist it is an unpredictable event but there are those on whom one can count to approach it all of those i am writing about here have given me that thrill at least once and my memory goes back to these occasions trying to catch the incredible moment again it will be impossible to communicate even the sense of it unless the material be dissociated from the event surely there is nothing exquisite in the roaring charwoman created by george monroe he had to an inspiring degree the capacity to be one of those vast figures in dickens mrs gamp to perfection and it is odd that another impersonator bert savoy should have created in margie mrs gamp's own confidant and admirer the devoted mrs harris george monroe's creation was huge and cylindrical more like a drain-pipe than a woman in shape there was no effort at realism for monroe roared in a deep bass voice and his b that as it may was a leer in the face of all logic order and decency there was in it an unrestraint a wildness an independent commonness which rendered it immortal the creation of bert savoy is at the other extreme it is female impersonation and the figure is always the same the courtesan whose ambition it is to be a demi-mondaine savoy makes capital of all his defects down to the rakish slanting hat over one eye his repetitions apparently so spontaneous are beautifully timed and spaced the buzz and pause in the voice you mustn't come over you don't know the half of it dearie fix themselves in memory he is remembered for the excellent stories he tells and they are worth it but the interpolations are funnier than the climax the audacity is colossal and disarming the occurrence of a character out of petronius on our stage is exceptional in itself that it should at the same time be slightly vicious and altogether charming funny and immoral and delicate is the wonder last year there was an added touch when savoy danced while he sang a stanza about the widow brown it was as delicate it passed as quickly as breath on a window-pane i repeat the material doesn't matter for leon errol has nothing but the type drunkard to work with and is wonderful in his case it is easy to analyze the basis of the effect it is in the loping dance step into which he converts the lurch of the drunkard the tawdry moment funny enough if you can bear it is always errol's breathing into someone else's face the great moment comes directly after when the lurch and the fall are worked up into a complete arc of dance steps ending in three little hops as a sort of proof of sobriety jimmy barton has the same quality in his skating scene he uses less material and the movement round the rink is beautiful to watch 
but of him it is useless to speak someone has pointed out that he can slap the bare back of a woman and make that funny it is interesting to see how many of the people who give this special quality arrive out of burlesque harry kelly is another i recall him first with lizzie the fish-hound in watcher step and last in a quite useless musical comedy the springtime of youth textually that was the title and in nineteen twenty two for two acts he was wholly wasted in the third he was magnificent he was playing the obdurate father no son of mine shall ever marry a daughter of the baxters was his line he was informed that she was in fact an adopted daughter and that her uncle had left her the bulk of his fortune for precisely a minute and a half kelly played with the word bulk one saw it registered in his brain saw an idea germinating felt it working forward to the jaw before the cavernous voice gave it utterance and again one felt the inner struggle not to say it a third time one felt the conflict of pride and avarice it was remarkably delicate and fine so was all of kelly's work when he has a chance his spare figure long hands and unbelievable voice always create a character and it isn't always the same character bobby clark's scene with the lion comes at once to mind it is another burlesque act and bert williams in many scenes always soft-spoken always understanding his case there were five minutes of blanche ring and charles winninger once at the winter garden to my surprise there were more than that for eugene and willie howard at the same house but they were gained in spite of the winter garden technique which underestimates even the lowest intelligence willie is rather like fanny bryce at moments when he cuts loose one has an agreeable sense of uncertainty joe jackson actually a great clown although one doesn't recognize this in the highly developed medium he chooses has exactly the opposite effect he doesn't cut loose at all he develops everything he does is careful and nothing exaggerated so you think at first that although he will be funny he will not quite reach that top notch on which the artist teeters perilously while you wonder whether he will fall over or keep his balance yet jackson gets there as the tramp cyclist his acrobatics are good his make-up enchanting but his expressed attitude of mind is his most precious quality it becomes almost too much to watch him worrying with a motor-horn which has become detached from the handle-bars and which he cannot replace he tries it everywhere at the end he is miserably trying to hang it up on the air and when it fails to catch there he is actually wretched his movements are full of grace like those of the grotesque alberto among the fratellini and the ecstasy he gives comes by a sur excess of laughter another moment of great delicacy without laughter however is that in which fortunello and cerulino swing about on the broomstick they are a lovely pair and the little one seated on the palm of the other's hand is a beautiful picture either few women are brought out of burlesque or women haven't the exceptional quality i care for in any case they have seldom given me the excess of emotion but what they have done their beauty is quite another matter on which i fail to commit myself ada lewis in her broad and grand way has the stuff and florence moore and once in each performance you can be sure that gilda gray will utter a sounder tremble herself into a bacchanalian revel for the most part her singing is undistinguished and i do not care for the anxious way in which she regards her members as if she fancied they would fall off by dint of shimmying 
yet i have never gone to a show of hers without hearing some echo of the nymphs pursued or seeing a movement of abandon and grace the dark shuddering voice is subhuman the movement divinely animal different in every way but exquisite in every way was gabby deathless it is good form now to belittle her she was so vulgar she came so much on the crest of a revolution she was such a bidder for our great precious commodity news space ah well we have given publicity to less worthy causes for she was perfect of her type and in her hard calculating sublimely decent way she made us like the type it was gently vicious the whole manner it was overdone the pearls and the peacock feathers but behind was a lovely person lovely to look at and enchanting to all the senses no she couldn't act how pitiable her loyal efforts she sang badly she wasn't one of the world's great dancers but she had something irreducible not to be hindered or infringed upon her definite self she was to begin with outcast of our moral system and she made us accept her because she was an independent human being she had a sound and accurate sense of her personal life of her rights as an individual nothing could stand against her and it is said that when she was at grips at the end with something more powerful than popular taste she still held her own and died rather than suffer the spoiling of her beauty if that were true one could hardly wish even her beauty back again End of section thirteen